Before we get to our recap of Season 8, Episode number 3 of Game of Thrones, I want to take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of the Post Show Recaps. Those are our friends over at Blue Diamond Almonds. And if you are watching Game of Thrones, you know that you must be tired of the same boring snacks because let me tell you, winter is here, so it's the perfect snack. Blue Diamond Almonds, whether you're going to work, if you're bored at work, leaving work on your commute home, these almonds are the perfect snack. Honey roast flavored almonds, sriracha flavored almonds, wasabi and soy sauce flavored almonds. We have your attention. Why keep snacking on boring chips when you can go to the store and pick up Blue Diamond Almonds right now? Whatever the moment, Blue Diamond Almonds are the perfect snack. Don't deny your cravings. Go pick up some great flavors right now and eat them. Blue Diamond Almonds crave victoriously. Yes, oh my goodness, Stephen Fishback, the Battle of Winterfell is over, but we are just getting started on our recap live after season eight, episode number three of Game of Thrones, and uh, Stephen Fishback, I'm, uh, wow, oh my goodness, uh, Stephen Fishback. What a what an episode! I uh, I there was the the screen was dark and full of terrors. From what I could make out, <laughs> from what I could make out, there was a lot of crazy insanity that happened. Um, you know, a huge battle scene. I need to watch it again with higher contrast. But I really like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I turned off all the lights in my, and, and closed all the blinds. <laughs> if I was not like somebody mobile, I would have done the exact same thing because it was a little too like it was too bright in my apartment to totally catch what was happening. But boy, some huge moments that we've. Been been waiting for for you know years if you're if you're a show uh, watcher decades if you're a book reader um and and just oh my gosh such such crazy payoff um highs in this episode i also thought there were some lows there were things that you know things that were building that i didn't feel were paid off but i'm really excited to talk about it with you okay so a lot to recap tonight on a, a jam-packed hour and 20 minutes of game of thrones that was uh almost non-stop all the way through they let you catch your breath uh, a couple of times uh when uh, people were hiding different places but boy uh, a lot of stuff happened we'll try our best to uh, go through it all of course uh steven fishback if you're watching the video he uh suffered injuries at the battle of winterfell tonight <laughs> steven uh, in all seriousness uh, how, how are you holding up after your recent shoulder surgery i'm great i'm great if you can see this uh the live stream i have a giant uh ice cuff attached to my right arm it's a a song of ice cuff and fiery takes um so we're, we're uh i'm i'm rehabbing well i am not on i know people will be disappointed to hear i am not on any major opiates anymore oh, so okay uh, that yeah. was a big hit on the survivor know-it-alls uh that time that you were on painkillers yeah i was thinking of like prolonging my addiction for the hilarious you know com- comedy of our of our conversation but then i thought yeah you know heroin <laughs> epidemic maybe maybe i'll take a step away okay. from that all right all right so <laughs> steven uh i guess uh let's get into everything we are gonna uh if you have something to say uh send me a tweet at Rob Sesternino. I've got my uh, Twitter open on uh, one of the many computers that power this podcast. Of course, our feedback show, uh, Josh Wiggler, may not go to bed tonight. Uh, too much yeah. to uh, to cover for this 80-minute jam-packed episode, but we will get together with Josh, I believe, on Wednesday this week for our Game of Thrones feedback show. Send in your questions to GOT at postshowrecaps.com. Steve, I guess just big picture, what was your reaction to uh, this uh, one of the most 
hyped episodes of television of all time. I mean, I try to just sit back and like enjoy it. You know, usually when I'm watching these things, I'm like taking notes and like thinking like what I'm going to say afterwards. I just was like really enjoyed sitting back, watching it, being overwhelmed by it, getting caught up in the emotion of it. You know, you, there's so many huge moments. I mean, I honestly, like when Ghost was charging into battle alongside the Dothraki, like I, I got like a little teary. I mean, is I guess the second time getting teary of teary this season. Um, you know, just some really cool moments. Obviously, the big thing that happened was this build towards this huge conflict between John and the Night King. You know, it feels like they've got the slow music playing the night king is like walking slowly across the battleground john is like dodging in and out he's got the dragon breathing you know ice fire on him and then boom out of nowhere uh just as all seems lost for uh, john aria comes in with her you know special blade and uh it saves yeah. the day Okay, well, let's uh, start with Arya here, because I think that she was the unlikely hero for if you're going to take the Vegas odds of who was going to take out the Night King. I think that you would have had Jon Snow as a heavy favorite, uh, Bran warging into something, Daenerys uh, in the mix. But Arya Stark being the person who sneaks up behind uh, the entire White Walker army as uh, the uh, Night King in true Bond villain fashion walks ever so slowly up to do whatever he needs to do <laughs> with Bran and then ends up being uh, the person to stab him. Correct me if I'm wrong. That was the Valerian steel cat's paw dagger. That was uh, uh, a big MacGuffin in uh, season seven. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that is exactly what that what's what that blade was. I could I could be wrong again. Really hard to see. Yeah, uh, but it, yeah. So uh, I do like that the ultimate weapon, which uh, takes out the Night King, uh, does have some ties back to Littlefinger somehow, where uh, Littlefinger ultimately used that dagger as uh, to start of uh, start the war between the Starks and the Lannisters, and then brings it back out for uh, seemingly no reason in uh, season seven. Ultimately, kills Littlefinger and the Night King, one murder weapon. How did you like it being Arya? Yeah. Uh, okay. And then, uh, we want to get a confirmation. I'm seeing in the, in the chat, uh, that it's not the cat's paw dagger. Was that, I mean, was that the weapon that get that, uh, that Gendry invented for her? No, the Gendry weapon was the one where she was doing she gave her it like to Sansa, two, right? two handed. No, no, no. That was when she was doing her like two handed slicing and dicing up on the, up on the ramparts mm-hmm. where she like was doing her like bow, bow attacks. And then, um, uh, like bow, like bow staff t- attacks. And then she like split it in two and was like cutting off people's heads. That was the thing that Gendry invented. Yeah. Okay, so the chat is uh, split between uh, what it was, and that's one of the things about doing the show right after uh, the episode. I'm sure uh, Josh and many other experts will uh, sort this all out tomorrow, but the uh, headline at this hour, Night King is dead here, and the uh, the menace of the dead and the White Walkers is over here three episodes into this final season. Yeah, was it was it kind of like a, a dick move for the other White Walkers to not, you know, stop her? You know, she came from behind him, yeah. so they must have seen her coming. Their eye was certainly off the ball. I mean, I don't know uh, that why the Night King necessarily, you know, he controls all these other people, why he needed such an audience for what he was going to do with Bran. Like, uh, hey, everybody, check this out. All right, uh, all right, the big moment's about to happen. But that's just his posse. Like, they don't seem to do very much. They just kind of, like, go where he goes and, like, look ominous. Mm-hmm. So I, I haven't really, we haven't really seen them be very active in any capacity, have we? 
Who the other uh, White Walkers? Yeah, they like they like hand him like his javelin when they're he's a bunch throw of hanger-ons. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're all just like, they're like his entourage. They don't do yeah, anything. Entourage. That, that's what I was. That's the word I was going for. Yeah, they're, they're like you know they like uh, make sure he looks fly and you know give him his javelin. Yeah, there's and, Turtle. Uh, there's uh, Johnny yeah. Drama. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's E. But no, the Night King Stephen is uh, is. Uh, are you happy with the way that this would that this worked out? Because I think that. Probably if you would have asked the Game of Thrones fan base uh, a couple of years ago, how did what's the last episode of Game of Thrones look like? I think you probably would have described the scene that we saw in this episode tonight. That of Arya taking out the Night King? Oh, well, not Arya, but specifically like the battle. Oh, well, it's got to be a big, big battle. Uh, everybody against uh, the White Walkers. But that's over with three episodes to go. Yeah. And so that was the big question, right? Like, do, does the, do the White Walkers die before the kind of the Cersei drama plays out? And uh, I guess we have, we have our answer. Yeah. It's crazy. The White Walkers are dead. Like they're done. Like that storyline is over. We've been talking about it. You know, you've been talking about it a lot for, for years. We've been thinking about it, you know, since the very first scene mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones is uh, the night, you know, is, is the, the undead coming back. And, uh, and now it's, they're done. They're, okay. they're taken out. Let me ask you this. Was the ultimate uh, journey worth the ride? You, what's so your question is like, is the, is the end of it? I mean, it did feel like it ended. I mean, it's hard to say like, what, what, what's abruptly, you know I mean? Like it's been this building looming menace for, for the entire series of the show. You know, there've yeah. been huge defeats at the hand, you know, hard home, um, huge defeats at the hands of the, uh, of the, of the white walkers. And, you know, you had this 90 minute giant battle where basically everyone dies. Um, although, you know, not that many big characters. Yes, though, yes. Not nearly the uh, bloodbath for the uh, principal cast that many were expecting. And I actually think that was maybe my biggest uh, frustration, like my only criticism, maybe, or also my biggest criticism with the show tonight was that. You know, the fan base and maybe this is the problem with having, you know, week to week episodes rather than than streaming uh, streaming episodes is like the fan base has been anticipating this, like who's going to die? Who are we going to lose? We're ready for our emotional trauma tonight. You we were all like highly prepped to lose someone we love to feel great things. And kind of like, you know, like Dolores Ed, you know, like I, I was, I was okay. <laughs> well, saying well, goodbye Ed to was the first to go, but let, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, the named character body count for tonight. Uh, so Ed, yeah. Liana Mormont, Liana Mormont, uh, herself, like not a huge character. She's been probably, you know, I mean, I, I loved her. I've been a big Liana fan. Sure. For, we all know, are. But, we all are. Beric but, Tondarian. Uh, Beric Tondarian. Theon Greyjoy. Theon Greyjoy. And Jorah Mormont. Um, and that's those, that's it. And, you know, none of those are the real marquee except Jorah, I guess, other than Jorah, no real marquee characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, none of the like a list cast, uh, went out in this episode. I mean, I don't think that anybody expected that, but I think that people were really expecting like all of these, uh, you know, didn't think Podrick Payne was coming out of this. Yeah. Uh, Podrick gray worm. You know, I, I mm-hmm. really thought we were getting, um, uh, a night of the realm too. I, I thought that that was her. That was her big moment. And Brienne oh, yeah, and Melisandre. And, uh, Melisandre also. Well, uh, right. Melisandre also dies. Yeah. Uh, but but by her own choice, you know, she's like, you know what? I've had enough. What else is there for uh, Melisandre that she she served her purpose? The Melisandre, kind of the uh, other than Arya, the MVP of the night. Yeah, really. So she she held back the dead with the uh, the firewall. Um, she she uh, yeah, and and. 
then kind of was that that was her that was her big moment that was key that was yeah i mean uh you know she showed up uh she really you know seems to have her magic on point you know she is uh one that you know has certainly faced her doubts but that she was uh, a key contributor and really when we're gonna look at you know who did anything tonight uh, on the side of the good guys hard to really come up with a list of uh good guys that were major contributors yeah, everyone kind of, I mean, you know, it, and, it did seem like, look, I, I, I hate to be this guy, but uh, Jon Snow, kind of useless throughout the yeah. night. Um, yeah, did not do really very much of anything. Uh, you know, he, he they kind of like, he flapped around a bit. Uh, his, his dragon got killed. Right? We, he, he was killed, right? Rhaegal was killed. Uh, is that official? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, 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 you know, it, it seemed like, I mean, it sure looks like Drogon, you know, made it out. Even at the, in the end scene, I was like, is Drogon, is Drogon like resting or is he dead? But, you know, we saw him mm-hmm. in the preview for next week. So it looks like Drogon made it out alive. Um, but I think Rhaegal's, Rhaegal's done. Um, yeah. Uh, the chat, the chat is, is split on this. Again, we need to sort out the body, the body count on this. So, yeah. Uh, Jon Snow did a lot of running around. Yeah. But ultimately, Jon Snow was was not a major contributor. No, um, didn't didn't really have any big decisive impact on on anything, you know, and, and his one big ditch, ditch attempt. Yeah, he, he didn't he didn't help Daenerys against against the ice dragon, really. Um, you know, maybe just like this, the fact that he was there kind of like, you know, maybe if it was just Daenerys versus the ice dragon, that wouldn't that would have been more of a of a, you know, a wipeout for, for yeah. her. So maybe just the fact that he was there to kind of like absorb some of the uh, the ice fire attacks. Maybe that that helped helped yeah. out there. Did, what about Ghost? Did Ghost make it out? I, I I think we would have seen ghosts on screen death. Uh, so I, I assume that ghost is also okay. And again, uh, the uh, chat will correct us if uh, that's the case. What was brand doing through uh, most of this battle? Because I think that many of us thought, all right, brand yeah. is going to warg into a dragon. He's a secret weapon here. He's going to go toe to toe with the night King. We saw him warg into crows Mm-hmm. Go look at what the Night King was doing, but other than that, like uh, what what was when Bran's eyes were rolling back in his head? What was he was he contributing in any way, or was it like oh I need to just look completely catatonic so the Night King can really slow walk up to me so Arya can get him with the dagger? Maybe he just wanted to watch. You know, he's like us. He's a fan. He wanted to see what was happening. You know, I'm just going to go. He's like, you do your thing. I'm going to go watch the show uh, from the perspective of the crows. I did expect like a crow attack. I, I thought like right at the end, there was going to be like something. Yeah. Like bring in, bring in the crows to protect your, your human form. I thought there was going to be like some kind of like, again, like not much. You're right. Not much agency from Bran. He's like, you know, all he says is. Uh, I'm going to go now. And then he says to Theon, Theon, you're a good man. You're a good and, man, uh, that's Theon. It. Yeah. You're a good man, Theon Greyjoy. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that was that was pretty much it from, from Bran. He kind of, did he give away Arya? Like, he kind of, like, looked where she was coming from. <laughs> Am I wrong? Like, he kind of, like... Well, I don't think he gave it away uh, because yeah. uh, Arya was able to uh, get, the, get the jump. And, you know, I, I did love, you know, there were... Arya, not only did she have the jump on the, the Night King and save the day, she also had, you know, the lines of the episode where she gives Sansa the dragon glass uh, dagger and says, like, I don't know how to use this. Uh, we have the callback to early on, you know, stick him with the pointy end, which is what yeah. John says to her when uh, she first gets uh, needle. needle. Uh, we also 
had the moment uh, with uh, Melisandre where, you know, uh, that, you know, Melisandre at one point was on Arya's list and she goes back to that moment they had in season three about all of the eyes that she's going to shut and oh, green eyes, brown eyes, blue eyes. And we're saying, oh, okay, well, who has this color eyes? Who has this color eyes? And I think that uh, we missed that it was right there that uh, blue eyes of the Night King. Yeah, and, and Melisandre came to explain. Remember that clever reference I said? Uh, well, yes, yes. now you get it. Now you get it. <laughs> now you get it. Yeah. And then uh, Melisandre says to Arya, what do we say to uh, the, uh, God of death. The, the God of Death? Not today. I'm like, hold on. Yeah. Was Cereal Pharrell really uh, Melisandre? They're all Jack and Hagar. You know, they were all, all Jack and Hagar? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, um, so uh, I thought like, oh, so many great uh, callbacks here. Yeah, a lot of really great callbacks. What did you think? So so this was, you know, Beric Dondarrion's purpose. We see the final death of Beric Dondarrion, who's died many times and brought been, been brought back by the Lord of Light mm-hmm. many times. Was this a good, fitting, final end to Beric? No. I mean, it was good that he saved Arya, and ultimately we get, like, a, the reason why the Lord of Light brought him back so many times was that so that it, that aria was going to be the person to take out the uh the night king but i mean was it uh beric dondarian i don't really ever ha- have a uh great feel for him as a character it seemed like that the last like uh three episodes all he's doing is clegane Clegane, <laughs> yeah, we really need you yeah uh <laughs> and that was really it. i did love all the stuff with the hound and aria yeah i mean i i mean the hound wanting to save Arya made sense, but like the two of those guys, this didn't make sense to me. Like they're like, Oh, Arya needs saving. Let's like, let's abandon the battle and go save that one girl over there. Yeah. So there's that big, like 15 minutes in the middle of everything where all of a sudden it was like a different show. Like the the Benny Hill show. Well, yeah, it was like this. It was like a scene out of like the walking dead where, you know, there's uh you know, thousands of these uh, whites that are just pouring through the gate of Winterfell, but then Arya is in sort of like the uh, you know the Great Hall of Winterfell, looks like a library or library, or maybe that's what it was. And uh, I, uh, far be it for me to quibble on uh, a library with you. And she's <laughs> like, like having all, all she's like uh, you know sneaking through and like hiding behind. I, I've never seen the Whites act like that on the Game of Thrones. Yeah, they're more of like a swarm kind of uh, movement and attend attack motion. They don't kind of like like ramble around through the, but you know, books are very distracting. You know, they, we all kind of want to get lost in that imaginative world. Yeah. I could have sworn. I thought at one point Aria was going to like push over one of the bookcases and then like dominoes, uh, knock yeah, down yeah. all oh, of the uh, bookcases in the library. Yeah. The, uh, the thing where she takes a book and throws it and, uh, it makes a, you know, a, a sound to distract the whites. And then she, she runs out. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Oh, it was very much then like uh, when she was hiding under the desk, we had like sort of like uh, the like the, the drip of blood was uh, attracting the uh, the whites. It was like uh, Jurassic Park, like hiding from uh, one of the T-Rexes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is Arya the prince that was promised? Like is 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 Arya Stark Azor on high? Uh, boy, uh, that's interesting. I mean, because like the point of the prince that was promised, right, is to like basically take out the night king am i missing something mm-hmm. yeah uh i mean does, sure, it matter? Sure does, it, does it matter at this point 
I don't know. I mean, we, you know, we've been debating the identity of, of Azorai for, for, you know, years and years. Like, uh, first we think it's Stannis. It's not Stannis. Oh, is it John? Is, is it really John? What if it's really Danny? We've all said, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I've, I've said, uh, and, and, and now it looks like it was Arya. You don't think, I mean, I feel like some kind of like what, what, you know, what is, this episode is such a huge conclusive moment for Game of Thrones. Like, yeah. it, you know, all what of does these it mean? Okay, let's say, okay, Arya is Azor on high, the princess who was promised. Now what? Does, should she be on the Iron Throne? No, she just, you know, she she saved the realm and history has been made. And, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, it's not just about thrones, Rob. It's also about, you know, saving all humanity from endless darkness. Yeah. Steven, I, I am just uh, so confused about where we go from here. Like, what what's Bran's purpose the rest of the series? Yeah, it just does be creepy, like make cryptic cryptic remarks. Mm-hmm. It is true. Well, that's why I did I did think that there was going to be more of a, I mean, part of why, I mean, for, both for the emotional impact and for just the, the logistical impact of, like, why I thought there was going to be more of a bloodbath, like Grey Worm. Like, why did Grey Worm make it out of this battle? I really thought this was the end for Grey Worm. Yeah, I thought so too, but he does uh, somehow, like, I don't understand how anybody that was like on the front line ends up making it through this. Uh, we, the, the one we need to talk about most of all is Jorah Mormont, who's in the initial charge. We see yes. him, very first charge, we see him run back, you know, kind of my, my initial thought was like, gosh, Jorah, like, why did he come back? I'm like, yeah, oh, wait, well, he's, uh, a, he's a white now. Yeah, well, or like, well, you know, that was pretty fast. I don't, did we see him again? We probably saw him again, like, you know, but, and then literally out of nowhere, just as Danny is about to be overwhelmed, he comes mm-hmm. like, was he just like hanging outside the gate the whole time? And did like, did none of the other whites like bother him for some reason? There was a couple people like that. Like I saw Sam a couple times, like in a pile of whites. Uh, somehow he, he came out of it and uh, we saw Tormund out there the whole time and Brienne and Jamie. Uh, I don't know how any of these people survived. Yeah, I don't have such a huge problem with them, like, you know, beating back at the the very cost of, you know, all of their effort in, and then somehow living. It's when, like, he, like, swoops in from the side with, like, for no, for, it just doesn't make sense at all. Like, how, where, where, really, like, was Jorah outside the walls the whole time? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I guess a, so. I guess he was. He's an incredible swordsman. The one that I, that really, I was like, what, uh, was Beric when he's uh, letting uh, Arya and the Hound get away, and he's standing there, and then just, just getting stabbed, stabbed a million yeah. times by the whites. And then somehow, he got away, and then was able to <laughs> catch up to Arya and the Hound and get into the next room with them? Yeah, and, and would have had to, like, somehow take out the whites, right? Because otherwise, they would have, like, been there with him, so... uh yeah, Maybe they sense. got distracted. Maybe they heard uh, Ari uh, or someone drop another, another book. book. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah and, wanted to see what the and, new and book they was. ran for. Uh, so uh, we're you know we're we're bouncing around over, uh, over everything. So let me ask you, just sort of big picture: Did this episode live up to the hype for you? I need time to process it because mm-hmm. I'm still like very like you know when I first like I first when our Arya like jumped up and killed the Night King I was like holy shoot what an incredible tw- twist you know we've we've we're, we're just expecting this big fight with Jon and the Night King and then out of nowhere it's Arya like what a great moment instead of it being this like macho swords dude it's this like plucky girl who we love more than anybody and she's the one who who's the one to take down the Night King I thought that was so cool in the moment 
And, you know, then I go onto Twitter and of course there are people who are like, this is so corny, like out of, you know, deus ex machina, out of nowhere, like how, how lame. And so like, I just need time to process it and think like, like, is it cool because it was like such like a cool moment or is it like a great fitting into this story? Mm -hmm. Like I, I haven't digested all of it yet. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, we're probably being uh, ungrateful to the gods of television yeah. if uh, we're being like, uh, you know, we're we're being a little critical of things that happen in the episode. But I think overall, uh, I don't know where you are getting more entertainment for an hour and 20 minutes on a TV show. I mean, this was a movie. Yeah, it was a it was a movie. It was like. Uh, it was one of, it was probably like the, you know, has to be one of the biggest, most like, you know, most giant battles ever filmed. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be up there among certainly the longest, uh, you know, most epic in scope, great battles in TV and cinematic history. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, uh, incredible. I wonder did, how does the show top this? I mean, that, that's, what's so weird <laughs> yeah. about this being in episode three, where you have the all the stuff with uh, Cersei in King's Landing, which has a whole a whole set of emotional stakes that this doesn't have, but this had a scope that yeah. the other side of it doesn't have. And I, I guess that that the biggest thing, like from a uh, narrative point of view, comes from that, like where we said, like, well, how does Cersei even match up against Daenerys and dragons and Unsullied and Dothraki and, you know, the rest of the realm. Now it's, uh, you know, the, the, the tables are, uh, you know, if not turned, you know, uh, very evenly matched. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was funny and sort of like the next week on, like seeing like you're on Greyjoy, like prancing around and you're like, what this guy? Like we just we just saw the end of the Night King. Like who cares about what like you're on Greyjoy is doing? Mm -hmm. um, but but uh, it will be nice that it looks like the color palette is a lot warmer and richer. I'm going to have a lot more like clear visuals. Very excited about that. Is winter over now whether the Night King is dead? I will. But winter is seasonal, right? It's, it hasn't just I mean, it's it, I think in Game of Thrones, you know, land it's it's uh, not just about the night king bringing winter it's because like you know winter's last you know x number of years but it's a it's a constant seasonal shift like i wonder if that we're just gonna drop that it's winter in the final three episodes well it's it's um you, you, i mean they're going south anyway right presumably so it, right. it will be it will be a warmer climb oh yes but uh, you know, uh, in the visions that Danny saw in the House of the Undying, you know, of course, we had the you know dragons flying over King's Landing and snow and uh, King's Landing being destroyed. And I know it was a very popular theory this week where uh, I, I heard I heard it talked about almost like it was fact. Night King is not in Winterfell. That Night King, and I and I thought we were going to get that when Bran looked up in the crows and then saw the Night King flying on uh, Viserion. That uh oh, Night King's not in King's Landing, but he most certainly was. Yeah, or sorry, well, but think, Night King's not in Winterfell anymore. Winterfell, so right? Yeah, I do think that's part of like this, you know, the the weekly episodic structure, and when you have this insanely active uh, community where it's like, you know, all of the normal rational takes are like digested and thought of within the first like three hours, and then you've got like a whole week to just like spin off and to come up with like crackpot theories and lunatic takes. 
Yeah, but some of these really get a lot of steam and they're just uh, reported like it's absolutely going to be uh, factual. Well, and I, I think that's the challenge for the show, too. It's like, how do you stay ahead of the fandom? You know, like, and I guess that was my point, too, with with the, the sort of low body count. It's like we have built up, you know, there's been this like constant like Twitter presence of like, I'm ready to say goodbye to all of my loved ones, you know, here. And so it, it, you, you kind of, you know, if without that build, I don't think I, I felt a little bit of a sense of loss that that we didn't lose more people. Mm hmm. Steven, uh, let's talk about the action in the crypts in this episode. And oh, then, yeah. uh, as uh, many people predicted, uh, yes. the Winterfell crypts uh, did come to life. And it did seem like the, that uh, they, nobody left the crypts, though. Well, the door was closed. And maybe they didn't want to oh, they locked I mean them in. Well, I don't know if they were locked in, but it did seem that the door was closed because because people earlier in the episode, right? Sansa went down to the crypts, but then, you know, there was that moment when people were banging on the crypt door, like, let us in, let us in. They didn't open the door. I mean, they had to assume based on that moment that the castle was overrun too. You know, it's kind of this like thing where damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, my big question is, you know, in the aftermath, how are they going to figure out which body goes where? Like, who is which Stark? Uh, I think that that's, they got a lot of bodies to sort out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's for, uh, another day. I mean, did somebody kill some of the whites that were there? I mean, we saw like a couple people that were like near the, uh, you know, uh, different uh, entombed, uh, entombments. I, I don't know what you would call that. Uh, but, but the, you know, uh, a couple people got got and then yeah. we didn't see anybody kill any whites. And then, uh, you know, they just went back to like everybody huddling in a corner. I yeah, but those were like real. They had been dead for so long. I'm sure it took this. You know, they broke like general- through their things. Yeah, and that probably took a lot of their energy. You know, they probably were like gassed out after that. Yeah. Uh, what do you yeah. think about uh, Sansa and Tyrion, who have a couple of moments in the episode? It was a great line where uh, Sansa and Tyrion were talking before they went down to the crypts. And Sansa says to Tyrion, you know, you were the, the best of all of them. And Tyrion's like, well, that is a horrifying thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then again, in the crypts, you know, they have sort of a moment of... Um, you know, if, you know, if, we, you know, if it weren't for the dragon queen, it could, you know, it might've, it might've worked for between us. And then uh, Miss Ande, of course, says, you know, if it, yeah, if it weren't for the dragon queen, we'd all be dead. But, but uh, I thought it did seem like they were sort of playing up this kind of Sansa Tyrion, you know, the possibility of them reconciling. I think, you know, one pretty common fan theory, I, I think Josh, Josh said it, maybe that's why it's common is because Josh has said it, uh, is that, is, is uh, that Tyrion and Sansa will, We'll end up together. Yeah, Josh has been uh, has said that before, and uh, I thought it was kind of a long shot, but I think that uh, this uh, episode tonight did lay a lot of groundwork for that. Yeah, it really did seem like it was setting up that that Tyrion and Sansa might just end up together. You know, not necessarily maybe as rulers of Winterfell, maybe as just like picking up the pieces. Um, I'm curious, how much do you think that this is book canon? Because like I, I had, the, I also had the idea that like. Martin had given the showrunners, you know, the broad strokes of what was going to happen. Is this, is this how the night King is going to die in the books? I mean, you're asking the wrong guy. I mean, uh, <laughs> that, the stories that I hear, it's like they, like they had lunch with uh, George R.R. Martin and he sort of yeah. like, get like bro on the back of a napkin, what was going to go on. I think they're filling in a lot of details. Yeah, but who kills the Night King has got to be one of those like major plot points that he's like, you know, he told them the Hodor thing, right? That was the, something that yeah. he like he gave them. Steven, I have some bad news for you about the books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is Sansa's story from here on out? 
that's a really good question. Stock, like, restocking she, the grain at Winterfell? Yeah, I mean, a lot fewer mouths to feed now. She must, you know, she's got a, an easier job. Um, does she go south? I don't really see it, right? She, I mean, she it doesn't make sense for her to, like, part, participate in the final battle. Also kind of would be weird for her not to be there, you know, to have that sort of, you know, Cersei was was such a, a evil horrible presence in Sansa's life. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if, when, if Cersei does go, assuming Cersei does go down to not have to give Sansa a moment with that, I think would be, would be a loss. I can't imagine that Sansa leaves Winterfell to participate in this uh, battle against Cersei. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So yeah, that's a good question. Like, is this the end for Sansa? And like, when we go, you know, when we do do those, that, that storyline down South, like, are we flashing, back or you know jumping back up north to see kind of how the survivors are sort of picking up the pieces of of you know literally picking up the pieces of what's happened yeah i don't know what bran and sansa and you know some of these other characters uh you know have going on for these final three episodes it's going to be very interesting to see how the show pivots now where you had a whole first half of a season all about this and now we're gonna have a whole back half of the final season dealing with uh the uh, intrigue in the iron throne yeah, I mean, and and uh, it's a it's it's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, again, like I was really surprised by how many people made it out of this of this episode, which means are are these people just going to live through? In which case, you know, it's almost disappointing if everyone makes it out alive. But um, <sighs> yeah, you know, well, maybe who? The big give me give me, give me some names. Give me some names. I would. I mean, I don't know. Like Brienne is Brienne going to make it out of the whole series? Yeah, kind of think she is. I mean, wow. um, you know, I think she's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, Why end up with Jamie? Yeah, who knows? That could, it could be. Roderick right. could still die in the uh, upcoming battle. He could die. Uh, that, that's possible. Uh, Clegane? He's got to have, 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 he's he's have the Clegane ball. Bow, bow, bow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, what else? I mean, uh, you're right. I guess most of the other big characters are, um, yeah, are, are really set for this big, this big final, this big final King's Landing showdown. Okay. All right. So... We still want to take a look at what you guys are saying on uh, social media. Let me thank our sponsor for this Game of Thrones uh, recap. And those are our friends over at Blue Diamond Almonds. Because if you are watching uh, Game of Thrones, uh, you know you don't have time for the same old boring snacks. Not tonight. Well, let me tell you, winter is here. So is the perfect snack. Blue Diamond Almonds. Whether you're going to work, if you're bored at work or leaving work, these almonds are the perfect snack. The honey roasted flavored almonds, sriracha flavored almonds, and the wasabi and soy sauce flavored almonds. Uh, those are going to get your attention, Stephen. Why keep snacking on boring chips when you can go to the store and pick up blue diamond almonds right now, uh, Stephen? The uh, blue diamond almonds, I believe that's what Melisandre saw in Arya's future, right? <laughs> yes, there will be, uh, you, you will eat many almonds. There will be sriracha almonds. There will be wasabi almonds. And yes. there will all be blue almonds. Do you almonds. have a uh, sriracha fiery moment of the night, Stephen? Oh, wow. A sriracha fiery moment had to be Arya uh, coming up from from behind the, the Night King just at that huge climactic moment and uh, you know, giving him the old one-two stabaroo. Uh, whatever the moment, Blue Diamond Almonds is the perfect snack. Don't deny your cravings. Go pick up some great flavors right now and eat them. Blue Diamond Almonds, crave victoriously. All right. Uh, Steven, I am uh, scrolling through uh, some of the questions we have from the listeners. And uh, are there any Dothraki left? Mr. Robot Taron wants to know. 
Oh man, that's I, I, it. Sure didn't seem like that, but those poor threat. Okay, also that was a really cool moment when they all charged out with with uh, the that flaming was. swords. And, and then the show really did make use at times of how dark it was. Oh where yeah, it's like all right, here we go. Here comes Melisandre. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, everybody's swords are on fire. All right, yes. And then to only have them like you're watching from the distance, like oh no, this yeah. is not good. This is not good. All right, Jorah and, better retreat. Yeah, yeah, Jorah, like, there was just a few of them uh, made it back, really was, uh, you know, Jorah really chickened out early. It was like the horse, like, first came the horses, and then came Jorah. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, he, he definitely did. Um, let's see. Um, Zach Brooks wants to know, did Arya use a dead person's face to get close to the Night King? People seem to think so. Is that possible? Did Arya take off a face, maybe uh, we'll see this in a deleted scene, of... One of the expired, I mean, uh, uh, dead people. This seems like one of those things where there were, you know, this is just going to be your mileage may vary. You know, from from my viewing of the show, I don't feel like that's a likely scenario. But I, you know, I think for someone who who believes that there's no there probably won't be anything to either prove or refute that yeah. that idea. Aren't all the faces she takes of dead people already? Right. So like, why not actually be a deputy? Since you could like shamble around, but like, it's not, I guess that really gets into the, you know, the mechanics of how dead people are figuring out where the living are and who's dead, you know, like, how do they know not to turn on their own? Mm-hmm. You know, is it like a, you know, is it like a smell thing? I mean, is it, a, I guess it's a sight thing. We kind of, I mean, they, we know that they can hear pretty well the book, you know, the book throwing so that we know that they got good hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tom Palmer says, so Arya was actually useful while Jon Snow and Bran were pointless, uh, like the entire rest of the series. Oh, come oh, on. Jon Snow wasn't always useless. Stop it. Yeah. He was a, a crucial, you know, he, he went beyond the wall, brought back the white. Mm-hmm. He, he died. You know, he was Lord commander of the night's watch. Yeah. Battle okay. of the bastards. He was an important part of that, even though he would have died too. had an, another, uh, deus ex machina, not come out from the, the side of the screen that, you know, this show loves a good deus ex machina. And there were quite a number this episode, you know, we really had a lot of last minute saves this episode. Yes. Uh, what was your favorite? I mean, obviously the Aria was the, was the best one. The Jorah was my least favorite one because it, like, I really just, I hope someone tells me, gives me some theory for what Jorah was doing that enabled him to swoop in and save Danny <laughs> You're hung at, up uh, on at the this. last moment. I really am. I really am. Um, I was really, uh, you know, there was, there were a couple of great dragon saves, but like I, those didn't bother me because like they were, they were, you know, you, we'd, we'd set that up. Like that's what the dragons were there for. You know, that's what they were doing. They were circling wet, ready to, uh, you know, blast the uh, dead to smithereens. That was really cool by the way. Also, uh, when when uh when drogon blasts the night king was such a cool moment um you know another just like all these great moments that we've been anticipating for so long i mean the score was really incredible throughout the whole episode and then they gave you like a little bit of like a bump when uh danny blasts the uh night king but then ultimately uh you feel like oh this is probably not working um yeah exactly exactly it was not uh although there was a, there was like a moment right where it's like did he get did he get is he ash was he incinerated you know is he gone nope mm-hmm. he was no nope, it was like was a t1000 like i'm sure we all heard that me like i heard the do 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 as he like walked out of the flames right uh this is uh also from mr robot taron which death saddened you the most steven <laughs> dolorous ed <laughs> no go if ghost is dead that is retroactively saddening me the most hmm uh, 
He did not die, I don't believe. No, I'm, I'm a big Barrick Dondarian fan, so I was really sad to see him go. Uh, and I did expect it to be like a more climactic moment. Like, yes, we now know that he saved Arya so that Arya could save, um, you know, humanity. But I did sort of think it was kind of like a, a it was a little bit lame. Mm. I think that the show wanted to uh, have Jorah was the climactic uh, death. That was the <laughs> one that you had, that they wanted to give you the, the, the pack, the biggest emotional punch. Did that do it for you? I thought he died like uh, two or three other times before that. <laughs> yeah, he, he really got stabbed quite a few times and he like stood up and was like, no, nope, not that one. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Uh, Liana Mormont, uh, went oh, yeah. out of hero, you know, the, 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 the iconic. She died as though she lived. Uh, she stabbed the giant in the eye. Yeah. Always giving it to those giant dudes, you know, fearless. Yes. Uh, let's see. What's the one thing that should have happened in this episode based on the story uh, we got tonight? AK, okay, uh, who should have had a death, Stephen? I really was expecting Brienne to die. I, That's from I, Alex Day. I'm shocked that Brienne didn't die. I'm also very surprised Grey Worm didn't die. Um, it just seemed like, you know, one of those front line, big name frontliners should have died. As you said, you know, we saw them like repeatedly uh, just chopping away at the at the undead army and it, it almost felt like a, a cheat for none of them to die in Tor or torment you know torment i mean I, all characters i love i love torment you know i'm such a huge torment fan but i really was anticipating you know one of them going yeah i think that uh gray worm and brianne are the two that uh probably it's uh the uh most incredulous that they have somehow survived this, especially after last week's episode. Yeah. Yeah. They both had such big character moments last week, you know, gray worm with Missandei, um, talking about, you know, their, their Island retreat, uh, you know, and obviously Brienne being knighted. Um, and, and then, I mean, great. I mean, it, it actually like, in some ways it's a good thing. Cause it kind of would have been corny if they had those character moments and then they immediately died afterwards. Mm -hmm. It would have been like almost like two on the nose. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, yeah. So in, in that respect, I guess I, I like it. Okay. Steven, we have three episodes left in this entire series that I, I expect next week is going to be another episode of, you know, setting the table for yeah. a climactic battle, which I think is taking place in episode five. And then it sounds like that episode six might be a lot of cleanup. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, uh, that sounds like a great three episodes to anticipate. It sounds like a lot of fun and mm -hmm. or a lot of misery, a lot of tragedy. Okay. Anything else that you want to say about tonight's episode? Yeah, I really liked when the Night King controlled the weather. I thought that was a really cool moment where, like, the dragons take to the sky, and it seems like, wow, the good guys have got air superiority. They've got fire on their side. They're, like, burning up the armies of the dead. And then, boom, the Night King, like, brings in, like, the the, the deadly frost wind. I thought yeah, that was a really like cool a moment. Yeah, it's like a tornado. Yeah, and, and then, and that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so many different things I'm sure we will get into uh, on our feedback show as well. Looking forward to uh, getting into your questions. I definitely need to go back and watch this all again. GOT at postshowrecaps.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at postshowrecaps.com slash voicemail. Uh, I'm sure Josh is going to be inundated, but I'm sure you can also uh, send him a tweet as well to at round Howard. Also go to uh, game or postshowrecaps.com slash Feedback. All right, Stephen, are you going to be able to sleep tonight? I, I mean, you mean uh, I, I will be both in in a uh, mental turmoil and physical pain. 
<laughs> okay. Are, are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm all right. It's fine. Okay. Sure. All yeah. right. Uh, thanks everybody who joined us live uh, after all this excitement. I know it's a uh, late night on the East Coast with all this. Can you believe, Stephen? Uh, three weeks from tonight, Game of Thrones will be over. Oh my God, that's wild. We'll know. We'll know what happened. You know, there's no way that what we that knowing will be better, more fun than anticipating. Yeah. Uh, such is life, Stephen. Uh, who's on the Iron Throne at the end of all of this? We're halfway through this final season. I mean, I'm with you. I don't think there will be an Iron Throne. Yeah. The John and Danny tension uh, this week uh, took a backseat to everything that was going on. Do you think that now in the light of day, we revisit the big uh, development that John shared with Danny last week? Yeah, I do think so. I mean, I, you know, I think like they, you know, there was a lot of tension with Danny from everyone, right? From Sansa, there was tension with Danny, um, you know, with, with John, there was tension. It would have been weird for them to be like bickering over, right? Like who was, who's daughter or niece when, mm-hmm. um, when the army of the dead were coming. And I think they kind of know they probably will establish that. And I, you know, I thought that, that the, the sort of Tyrion Sansa Missandei scene, maybe, kind of was like the little nod to that, the, those tensions that's mm-hmm. still existing, you know, without them sort of taking over the battle. Okay. All right, Stephen, great job. Thanks everybody for joining us live. We will be back uh, midweek with Josh Wiggler for the uh, Game of Thrones feedback show. Be sure to follow everything that Josh is doing over on uh, com slash Game of Thrones. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Tonight's episode of Post Show Recaps is sponsored by our friends over at True Car. Every car comes with a share of stories that ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up your first date. That luxury package you got after that big promotion or the mileage you saved by riding your bike all summer long. While you can't put a price tag on your stories now with True Car, you can at least find out what your car is worth when it's time to sell it or trade it in. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions. Navigation and moonroof. Watch as they bump up your car's value. High mileage. You already knew it was going to cost you, but now you know how much is going to ding your wallet so you can plan ahead and once you're finished you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or to trade in so when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car check out true car today true cash offer not available in all areas